0: Good morning everyone this is Jeffy Kennedy author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy I'm here with my first cup of coffee mmm it's good I'm all out of my cocoa truffle which I am remedying but it's good today is Tuesday August 17th um, I made out here a little bit earlier today. Um, not because I woke up earlier which I did not I woke up like an hour later but I tried to get a little more efficient was my time in the morning always a struggle the struggle is real so the sun's not quite in my face yet in my face uh no good morning so um lots on my mind this morning my um my head is very full of things, very full of things. At least I'm not full on sneeze attack. My t- mother texted me later in the day saying, did you ever stop sneezing? I was like, no, I did. <laughs> I also have, for those of you on video, look, I've got this real funky wave in my hair today. Um, it's not totally, I mean, it's kind of cool looking. It's, it's weird because it's like only in that one spot. Um, I think I must have slept on it wrong, right? Like it sort of rumpled up or something. Rumpelstiltskin. Up. So I I feel like I'm looking a little wildish this morning. Met my friend Megan Mulry, the delightful Megan Mulray, um, for drinks yesterday afternoon. She's very funny. So this is a um, example of a good friendship was and I have to do this without giving too many details but she uh, my thing is struggling to find the the wireless. Yeah, now you're on it. Okay. Didn't want him to to fuck up which has happened. Okay, so this is an interesting tech thing I answered interview questions for um, Leslie Penelope not long ago and she one of the questions she asked was one of the most difficult parts of podcasting and I said the tech because it's always like some sort of struggle with the tech. When my wireless switched to the ex, the extension that I use when I'm out here in the grape Barber, it stopped showing me the wavelength on my voice. That explains that. But, in, and yet it explains nothing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, lovely having uh, drinks with Megan. She did it to um, treat me for something that she... um Well, I don't know how I could talk about this without it, without giving details. Um, She roped me into doing something that I knew she was just like clicking through her business stuff. And she suggests, you know, put me up to doing something. And I ended up texting her and saying, so am I doing this because you believe it's going to be a great thing for me? Or am I doing it because you love me? Or because you love me, because I love you. And she said the latter. And she's like, I should have asked you beforehand. Sorry for the gaffe. And I was like, no, actually, that you know, it's perfectly fine. She was like, I was just like going through my email. And uh, I said, no, actually, it's fine. Be- but I value that about our friendship that we have that. You know, people talk about honesty in friendship. And sometimes that is a, um, what's the word I want? it's not euphemism it's an excuse for um being cruel to each other you know what I mean it's one of my least favorite things like I, I see women do that to each other maybe men do it too but and I don't see those intimate interactions but like I saw another woman um say that to mm. a f- to someone she was very close to um to another woman and said um something very critical about her appearance um saying something like yeah you know you really do look like shit and, and I was like whoa <laughs> that's unkind and she said no I'm just being honest we, we have a very honest friendship and I was like no that whole using honesty as an excuse to be cruel um I think it's one reason why that the Taylor Swift lyric I do You know I love my Taylor Uh, and I know a lot of people have gotten a tattoo of it but it's a great line. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. Um, you know people use that as an excuse. Whereas this kind of honesty where you don't have to worry about the other person having a major emotional stake in what you're asking them. You know that you don't have to dance around that I could say so am I just doing this because I love you and she could be like yes actually you are it's <laughs> like okay then cool and then she said but I'll buy you a margarita and I w- she said "Would I-, I actually she offered she said would it uh would it make up for it if I bought you a margarita and I was like yeah sold <laughs> I'm you know I may not be easy but I am cheap so um But she asked me, one of the first things she asked me, she said, so have you been writing? Is your head somewhere else? And I realized that my head is really somewhere else right now. Um, You know, this book is being silly, hard to write. I do not know why, you guys. And I know I say this to some extent on every book, but um, this book is continuing to be what feels like a slow write. And I say that, but I got 3,000 words in my three hours of work yesterday. So I mean I'm working at my normal pace. It just uh, feels sticky. I feel like like my head is very full right now and that there are things trying to come out. Um, yeah, it's a weird place to be I don't know what this is approaching my birthday. Perhaps I'm slated for an epiphany. my birthday which which would be nice (laughs) so you know one of the things I've been thinking about is and it's a big thing and fitting with like how my head feels stuff but and in fact it's a big enough topic that I'm not even sure how to launch into it. So there's this observation that many many people have made And for starters, like Amanda Palmer talks about it in the art of asking that when she worked as, as a street performer doing like the living statue thing that she would make approximately the same amount of money, um, day in and day out that, you know, even though she was relying entirely on people offering up money to her, um, that she would be in different places, different kinds of sculptures, different things that overall she was making pretty much the same amount of money all the time that it was fairly consistent. Uh, And she talks about, and I think this is in her book, not the Ted talk, but her book, her book, which I do recommend. I think it's a, a very interesting, good book, but she talks about that her record sales when she was with the record company that the record company felt like her sales were not good enough. Um, and they, they dropped her and her sales were, she had sold like 50,000 copies of a record. Now see in book language, selling 50,000 copies of a book is pretty awesome. Um, I know a lot of people use the metric of a hundred thousand copies as like, um, a certain bar of success. I myself have never sold a hundred thousand copies of a book of a single book of if you put all my books together I have but not of one book. So the reason that it doesn't count if I put all my books together is because we're talking about audience right? You have a a particular audience that you um, repeatedly hit which is great you know like I have people like you uh, out there who have read everything I've written. So. So when you talk about reach it's like you're reaching a certain number of people and so I am in by by no means talk uh, taking that for granted or um, you know yeah I, I absolutely appreciate the reach that I have. I have a much bigger reach than other authors do. Um, I have a smaller reach than other authors. So. Amanda Palmer when she went out on her own and did the Patreon and uh, you know, uh, ended up like crowdfunding her work and she produced her first album and she said guess how many copies that album sold 50,000 it was approximately 50,000. So she's like you know, this is her number this is her reach and for an indie for someone crowdsourcing and paying for herself, 50,000 copies of an album was great. Just like if you sell 50,000 copies of a book as an indie, that's amazing because you're making, um, you know, maybe $3 a book. So I think my math is right that that would be $150,000. Yeah that that's great for an indie for a publishing house that makes you midlist because they have a very different scale of what is counts as successful what counts as a good number of sales. So one of the things that that we struggle with. Um, and I know that a number of my author friends talk about this. You know, is that you're always trying to grow your audience, right? You want to expand your audience. Because, I mean, maybe that's a good question. Maybe we should ask, why? Why do you want to do that? You know, and I have talked on here a number of times about whether or not this idea of success, either you're growing or you're dying, um, is even a valuable metric for life. I mean, does that matter? But... There's still, let's just take it as, as given that we all want to, to grow, that we want to increase our reach, increase our sales. Um, everybody, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't met anyone who said, you know, I'm just happy selling to my, my crowd of 50,000, maybe Amanda Palmer is, and you know, and I'm happy to stop there. There's just always this, um, yeah, it's funny. It is a funny thing because I have author friends who have much greater reaches than I do, much greater sales, and they are always looking to increase that. They're always looking to uh, make more money and increase their reach. It's like, well, how do I reach these readers that I haven't reached yet? You know, I'm looking at X successful author and I see that she has got this kind of reach and I wonder why my books aren't aren't at that same level and you know it's and it's a good question. Um, you know and maybe maybe one answer is is that we should be happy with what our reach is and say okay here's my reach and what how can I maximize what I'm doing with what appears to be my the reach that I have but. Everybody I know wants to increase that. They want to uh, expand that. And for some reason, it's really hard to do. And, you know, like the success people and the sales people talk about this as being like a result of your personal paradigm. That whatever it is that you think about yourself and your reach and your um, what have you. That that's what sets that number for you. That that you subconsciously affect that in the world. And whether you believe that or not, this, this limit, this, I don't know, is it a glass ceiling? Um, we could call it a ceiling. Mosquitoes have no limit. Um, that this limit exists. It's, there is a ceiling there. Um, whatever it comes from you, you can ask all sorts of creatives. You can look at different people's, um, writings and talks and discussions, and you will find all sorts of people who talk about it and you will find people who finally manage to break through it. And the major thing that seems to break that paradigm is, (laughs) it's like a, a major shock, a major change in the world, uh, in your world, in your paradigm, like a near death experience. Um, this is one reason why the movie fight club is interesting. Um, which obviously came from Chuck Paloenix book, but it's, um, you know, the scene where, uh, Eddie Norton holds up the gun to the clerk's head at the seven 11 or come and go or whatever they call it. Stop and sip. Um, I always loved the movie versions of these uh of these stores what they come up with gas and sip I think is what it is and say anything why you guys know so much about women why are you here on a Saturday night at the gas and sip they're all like by choice man (laughs) it's a great line so if you oh so he holds up the, the gun to the clerk's head at the gas and sip we'll say and he asks him what did he want to do with his life um and he makes it and he scares him i mean it's not just the gun he's acting crazy right and he's like you tell me what it is that you wanted to do or i'm gonna blow your fucking head off and the guy finally says well he wanted to be a veterinarian and i can't remember exactly what he does but he like takes his id and takes his stuff and he's like okay you're you're fired from here go be a veterinarian and, and I do think there's a lot to that in that we put these limitations on ourselves, all of the can'ts and the coulds and woulds and shoulds. And, um, and, and I've told this story that when I decided to become a writer, uh, back when I was in grad school for science, and I realized that I really didn't want to be a scientist and that I wasn't happy. And I sat myself down and I asked myself, okay, if I take away all of the, can't but shoulds ifs knows i take all of that away and just ask myself in the absence of everything what would be the perfect career what kind of life do you want um in in essence holding that gun to my head but in a i don't know a completely reverse way right a Taoist way as opposed to um violent fight club way and i was very surprised that the answer was to be a writer And I thought, okay, well, if that's my answer, then I need to find a way to make it happen. So I guess in a way I shifted my paradigm then. But the question of how do you break yourself out of the paradigm that creates this ceiling um, that is so, so subconsciously created that We don't really even know where did this number come from? Where did this idea of reach come from? Why is Amanda Palmer's number 50,000? Does anybody know? I mean, she doesn't know. So then how do you change it? And short of hiring someone to put a gun to your head, but then that wouldn't work because you'd know. Um, You know, can you do it via a Taoist way, by sitting and meditating on it? I don't know. So that's where I'm at right now. I am trying to figure out this book and trying to figure out major questions of the universe coming up on my double digit birthday uh, I'm I'm not shy about sharing my birthdays. Uh, so I'm I'm turning 55 on Sunday. Uh, and it feels notable because I was born in 66 and I'm turning 55. Uh, so I don't know what that means normal logically, but, well, I kind of know what it means and I don't know if that's significant, but this feels like, I don't know, it's not a multiple of seven. I believe in the the multiple of sevens birthdays and uh, this one isn't that, but yet it feels, feels pivotal. Um, so I'm going to have to, maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to sit down and uh, take away all of those, the same ways that I came up with being a writer is the perfect life and maybe i need to ruminate on the answer to the question that way but if you all have thoughts on this i'm i'm very interested in hearing input on this i'm very interested in your own experiences and and maybe ways that you've managed to shift your own paradigms if you uh have done something like that let me know um i would be really excited for a magic formula if someone out there has got the magic formula but as with all things i know that there is no magic formula so on that note um i will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash slash podcasts and i will talk to you all on thursday you all take care Bye bye